You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome to episode 21 of The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host, Serena Myers. We are continuing our conversation series where we are talking to people about what it means to live a spiritual life. This week is no exception. We have a fantastic guest, Tessa Colvin. So why don't I just jump right into the interview and see what wisdom she has to share today. I am super excited for this week's episode. We are chatting with Tessa Colvin, who is a publishing consultant and selfishly one of my business besties. And I wanted to talk to her today for a few reasons. Um, One, because just her general awesomeness, but more specifically, um, I have been working on my book with Tessa. I started my little baby book with her, so it was actually a challenge she gave me one day that I literally put out in a day. Um, my little baby book being Prayers and Prose, in case I have a bajillion books by the time you're hearing this episode. Um, however, my bigger, harder, more vulnerable book is the one that I have been working on with Tessa. And she work, helps you know people, and specifically entrepreneurs all over the world, get their message into the world. I'm going to let her tell us a little bit about what she does. But what I'm recognizing is just how intimate the process is and how it's inner work on its own. And that is why I have invited her to come and speak with us today. So to dial all of that back a little bit, Tessa, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you help and what magic you're making in the world? Absolutely. So let me just say, I'm excited to be here, of course, because like you said, you're my biz bestie (laughs) and we always have a good time. Um, So who am I and how did I get here? That's an interesting question. So essentially, to put it very simply, I take the stress out of book writing. And uh, a lot of that is, like you said, it's that inner work, quieting that inner chatter, those myths that we have made fact about how we're supposed to write books, air quotes, (laughs) how we are, how books are supposed to be, what makes a good book and all of those good things. So uh, I am a rebel. And I had someone tell me I would never be published. So I was like, challenge accepted. Um, (laughs) I break all the rules. And in doing so, I created a process that is designed to get you out of your head and and allow you to be the creative and write the book the way that you envision it. So that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) This is perfect, actually. It's a really beautiful lead-in because the stories that we tell ourselves, whether it's our own bullshit beliefs or whether it is those myths that have been kind of propagated by other coaches, by publishing houses, by, um, you know, just assumptions a lot of the time. How do you, how do you navigate that? Because that is a, that is probably the biggest thing that gets in the way of people actually sitting down to write their book. Cause that, that's how, that's the excuse, right? That's the number one excuse is how it's not even going to happen anyway. So what's the point? Right. So the way that I navigate that and the way that I I help people to navigate that is simply, if it's not working, it's not fact. (laughs) I mean, you know, if if someone has told you to sit down and just write and you try that and, and, you know, 16 cat videos later, you realize that's not working, then that's not the process for you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
essentially the other thing is people don't understand the difference between technical writing and conversational writing, which can be a powerful, powerful tool when you're trying to, when your goal is to write a book that transforms. Um, so those are two kind of, it, it may not sound simple, but they're really simple tricks that I have in my toolkit to help people to get out of their head. And it, it stretches people. And so, okay, so here's a little bit of insight. When it stretches people, what happens is they depend on me more as the guide. They've never been there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh gosh, this is new ground. What do I do? And I'm like, great, this is exactly where we want to be. This is what you need to do. And so they're more likely to trust and take action because they're in this new place, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think there's also um, something to be said about that vulnerable freak out. Because if your heart isn't in it, if it doesn't actually matter to you, then you don't give a shit. Right. There is no freak out, right? Like it's part of the process. And Mm -hmm. what I found really funny with with prayers and prose, um, it was a culmination essentially of long Instagram posts and then prayers that coincided with it. It was Mm -hmm. stuff I'd already written. It was stuff that was already public, but there was something about declaring it worthy for sale Mm -hmm. that helped me uh, freak the fuck out myself, even though it was already out in the world. Like it really made no sense at all. Yeah. And so what is it about that piece, that exposure of oneself? (laughs) That sounds really flashery, but... (laughs) let's just get naked shall we look (laughs) well exactly right and I guess like in some degrees when when you actually invest the time and energy and love into a book it's a bit revealing there there's a bit of of the the getting naked in there so absolutely what is it that people can do to mitigate maybe not mitigate it but manage it so that the potential freak out isn't enough to keep them from actually getting the work done so I remember your freak out and it was like, <laughs> it was beautiful chaos. <laughs> you know, I was in your DMs like nobody's business. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, the freak out is, is a, it's a, it's where you measure where your heart is. So that is absolutely mm-hmm. true. But the way to not get stifled by that freak out is to take the focus off of you. Usually the freak out is how can I, who am I? you know, how dare I, um, that's where your focus is, you know, or they said I wouldn't, I would never. And so if you take the focus off of you and imagine the person who is weeping, reading your book because they finally feel understood. Imagine the person who is just a previous version of yourself. Remember, remember, you know, who you were before you had this wisdom and how much easier things would have been had you had this book remember that and the shift like i said it comes off of you and it comes off of you know what i'm holding up someone's breakthrough i got to get i got to get to work i you know i don't have time to to worry about if this title is you know centered perfectly on a cover like you know all of that goes out of the window and you are then on a mission to save lives you become a paramedic like a mm-hmm. paramedic is more focused on getting to the people that need them versus, you know, what do you think of these rims versus these rims? Or should I wax them? Or should I paint the, they don't care like that. If you got a a horse and carriage, like if it'll get me there with my equipment, let's go. So that's the thing that, that shift right there is what will help you 
to use the freak out as fuel and not just get stuck there. I love it. Use the freak out as fuel. <laughs> I'm making it. I'm literally writing it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> because it is actually, um, it's funny because I think how we do a lot of things in life um, is how we do everything in life, right? So the same idea with the freak out, you'll see people with hesitating to start a blog. It'll be people who are hesitating to go out and help even though they have started a business. You know, they fixate on the, these little details. Oh, I have to tweak my brand one more time. I need to update my website. I need to this and it's always an excuse and there'll always be something else that you can do. And I know one of the big myths that you bust is about not having enough time. Yeah. Oh, I don't have time to write a book. Right. Um, can we call bullshit on that? Tell me about not having enough time. If you have time to post that you don't have time, then you've got time. <laughs> <laughs> like that's something that I see all the time. People are like, they're taking time and they're saying, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have time to do anything. Well, you found time to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other thing is time is you have to be very careful of the words you use around time. Um, I say all the time, you can't make time because if you could, then there would be 24, more than 24 hours in a day because everyone would have made time. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is set time or take time, right? That simple, you know, just the way that our minds work, you know, the greatest computer ever created, the way that it works is if you say, oh, I got to make time, then your brain's like, oh, okay, so we're not doing this because that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's never happening because you can't make time, right? Um, so as opposed to setting time, then your computer says, okay, where can we set time? Okay, we've got 30 minutes between this and this. Uh, realistically, can we take 15 minutes of that? Can we do that? And it's a different process. And the other thing is time, the amount of time that you think it takes to write a book is probably wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, is it probably wrong? And so that's the other thing uh, around time right? People think I've got to go off to this cabin for weeks, months, years, I don't know. <laughs> and I got to write this book. And that's the only way it's good. That's not true. Mm -hmm. you know, I've had people write books by the pool and we were drinking wine. <laughs> I have written a book on a plane. I've had people with very busy schedules, write books in six weeks, seven weeks. You decided to put your book together in a day. It's possible. Mm -hmm. If you get focused and intentional and set the time accordingly. Well, and I think some of that also, just to give her a little horn tooting here, since she's not doing it herself, <laughs> framework that you have, because the way, I mean, you basically dummy proof it, honestly, um, because I know someone listening to this, I know a huge part of this is like, if you hear it, but you don't believe it's possible for you, then you dismiss it, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be people here who heard you say, well, okay, you have 30 free minutes. Can you use 15 of them to write? And they're going, what the fuck am I going to do with 15 minutes? But I'll tell you this after having worked with Tessa is that because you have this framework, you know what each piece is going to be. And literally like when I have 15 minutes that I, I never only take 15 because I, I type really fast and I just jam for forever. But um, if I have an hour, mm -hmm. I will literally go through my, my bulleted list of, of what we're going to be doing in this book. So I've already outlined it through a process with her mm -hmm. and I go, yeah, that's what I can riff off of for now. Mm -hmm. And when you have that pre-work, which is the thing that is really missing from the people who are, oh, just sit down and write. Yeah, just, just do it. When you have that pre-work done, it's easy to do it in a 15-minute, 30-minute, hour-long chunk. Like when I sit down to write for an hour, 
I tie, I write like what, like 1500, 2000 words. Like 1500, I'm 2000. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's yeah. Some of that is the fact that I type fast, but most of that is that it's already there for me. I just have to sit down and follow the flow. And, um, those are the things that really, really make it possible. So if for some reason you have told yourself that like you need to have that, that runaway retreat, mm-hmm. it's not true. If you have time to sit down and binge stranger things, <laughs> even one episode, not even a straight up binge, you can get a book done. You could probably get a book done, a small book in what it would take to watch a season of stranger things. Agreed. And you did that in one weekend. So Stop lying to yourself. <laughs> it's funny because I've had conversations with other clients of Tessa's and they talk about her tough love and I always get like soft love Tessa. So I'm bringing the tough love right now. She's <laughs> giving you the soft love too, but she has it in her. I've yeah. heard rumor anyway. <laughs> well, I give people what they need. You know, if you, since you have tough love under control and you like tough love yourself, you need kid gloves a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so... But exactly what you said, when you are people with the just right, that is a beautiful idea. But, you know, you don't get in the car and just drive, you know, Mm -hmm. theoretically, you have somewhere to go. You have made a plan unless you're just, you know, BS and all. And you just that's different. You have no end goal. You have no end destination. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You need a GPS for your writing process. Where are you taking your reader? The goal is to take them from awareness to some level of action. And if you can't figure out what the math map is, what the stops are, then you're not going to be able to write it. That's why you feel like you don't have time. There's too much going on in your head, too much chatter, not enough clarity, and not a clear path. So I think there's another element too, though, that we haven't talked about. And this is, this is a bit of tough love. A lot of my work is in helping people get actually honest about what they want, not what they think they should want. And there's a lot of people pushing books as hashtag the next best thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we talk about how we're going to write our book as this like theoretical someday thing, because it's what we think we should do. It's what we think we should want. It's actually not the truth of it. And when we talk about like prioritizing our time and being realistic, I think so much of it is also prioritizing our priorities. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to write your book for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. um, then stop saying that you are and shaming yourself for having not gotten it done already. Right. Right. Like, I know with mine, I have like my big book. I have a, I have like a deadline looming overhead. I need to have the first draft done by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And right now I've been finding my fears overriding, um, my doing my motivation. Mm-hmm. So that's me needing, me needing to be honest about that, about not that I'm not writing my book. Obviously I am, but that right now this hard deadline is feeling like pressure because I'm letting fear in the driver's seat. And I need to kind of claim that as opposed to just being like, Oh yeah, it's in my calendar. Like I'm totally going to do this every week, which is like, right. it is in my calendar, and I plan to do it every week, but Monday afternoons, I go to sit down and fear jumps in the driver's seat sometimes and says, oh, did you realize you haven't answered that email? Did you not yeah. post to Instagram? Did you do this? Did you do that? Yeah. So that honesty piece, I think, is so crucial because we don't even know that we're bullshitting ourselves. Right. Right. And we shame ourselves. And another element of that, so that's just fear in disguise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another element of that is 
the stories that we tell ourselves about the story that we're writing. <laughs> mm. um, you know, oh, people are not going to, I can't say that my family's going to be this, that, and the other. Well, you don't know. You have mm-hmm. no idea because you haven't written the book, mm-hmm. right? This is a story that you're writing about the story. And so, so much assumption too. Right. Like the, you have no idea. They might be like, oh, wow, way to go. You have no clue. And so a couple of things within that is, like you said, being honest. Like, do you know that that's how your family's going to react? Mm-hmm. Or do you perceive, have you projected a level of shame or guilt or whatever onto them and reflected it back to yourself? Like, that's a real thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And, so, and sometimes they are going to freak out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we are creating a catastrophe before it's even had a chance to happen is... Right. Cause I know my old story was, I can't write the, I can't write this book until my parents are dead. That was mm-hmm. my, that was my story. And I'm 39. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And if I think about all the people I could help between now and then. Right. Like why, why would I wait? Why would you wait? Mm-hmm. Why would you wait? And then the other thing, so this is going to free a lot of people when it comes to the criticism, there's a couple of things that you can remember. If you're worried about criticism, you know, perfect grammar, not being perfect and all of that. Whoever picks your book up and wants to tell you, you should have used the semicolon versus the colon here. They didn't pick your book up for the message. They picked it up for the sole reason to criticize you. Mm. That's their issue. That's not your issue. Right. The other side of that is when people tell you, I don't think you should write that. Why? Because they have areas of their story that they're ashamed of that they will never tell. Again, that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And I think we project what the choices we make for ourselves onto other people. Mm-hmm. So essentially saying you shouldn't do that is that I didn't have the courage to, and therefore you should have to play by the same rules that I have chosen right. to live my life by. Been there, done that, didn't even get a t-shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> so but when we do that too, like there's no, if everybody did that, I know a lot of people do, but if everybody did that, there would be no room for innovation there, there would be no cars. We'd be back to the horse and buggy because that would either would not even be horses and buggies. Honestly, no one would have figured that out because everyone right. would have just done things on the foot because that's the way. way they were always done. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the, those are the story, again, the stories that we tell ourselves about the stories that hold us up. Mm. Now, what you can do is replace that story. Again, going back to taking a moment, a real moment, you know, closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and envisioning the person who is desperate for your book. If that doesn't break your heart and get your ass in gear, then why are you even writing the book? Mm -hmm. Right. Real questions. When I think about, when I think about the people that I've helped write books yesterday, I had a, a call with a client and he's hilarious. Um, he's one of the funniest people I have ever met. And he said to me, you are a miracle worker. Mm-hmm. Now, while that made me feel good, what I know of him is that without this, without me helping him, he wouldn't be writing his book. He grew up, he had learning disabilities and all of that. So all of the, the air quotes odds were stacked against him. So imagine if I had given up the almost hundred authors that I have helped would still be wishing Mm -hmm. like that's real for me and it should be real for you. 
Well, I think people often think too that like the, the end goal has to be to sell a service or to use the book for a platform. And I know that you, you teach that because you do work with entrepreneurs, right? but that is not the case. Whether you are making money with your message or not, like the, the message is, is valuable. It matters right. and it can still help people. Right. Absolutely. Um, more often than not, when I'm working with my entrepreneur clients, they put out these books and people, the, the reviews, people they've never met are like, you know, even if you don't have a business, this is helpful. That's superstar status for me. Mm-hmm. Because even though, you know, they're a business owner, they do this particular thing, they have a principle, they have a methodology that they have shared that has helped someone see things in a different way. Who knows how many people that person will help? It's a domino effect. That's the goal. That global impact is the goal. When we talk about light work, that's the same thing, right? Marianne Williamson has that beautiful quote about how when we shine our light, we give permission to other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it has that ripple effect where I'm smiling, so now you're smiling, and then your daughter's smiling, and so on. Mm-hmm. But what's beautiful about something like a book is that it's all of that turned up. It's like on a greater scale because you're able to reach well beyond just people in your immediate circle and then the people in their immediate circle. You're able to reach literally anyone anywhere in the world. Right. But at any time also, it's a time capsule. Right. Um, My favorite book is over a hundred years old. So I didn't, you know, I haven't gone to a book tour from the author because she's not around, you know, (laughs) but it's powerful. I listen to it. I have the print edition. I listen to it on audio. Um, it's that series for me. And every time I listen to it or I read it, I get a new nugget. I tell people about this book. So it's not like there's commercials running. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Like this book has really helped me understand how much power I have over the things that I see in my life. And when I tell people about it, they, they go out and get it. They share it. We have conversations about it. It's a whole movement. That's what a book can do, a good book. And when I say good, I mean, you have poured the good of yourself into the book, not that it's a perfect book. Mm -hmm. And let's actually talk about that for a second because people get hung up on word count. And I know you are a firm, not just believer, but promoter of say what you need to say and don't fill it up with a bunch of fluff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and can you talk about that? And even about like the attention spans that people have these days. Yeah, that's a, so, Okay. As much as I love reading, as much as I I work with books, the way that my brain works (laughs) is just like everyone else's. If a notification pops up, if I hear something in the distance, squirrel, it's done. Mm -hmm. You've got about seven seconds to catch someone's attention, period. Thanks to technology, (laughs) you've got seven seconds. You don't have time for a bunch of I'm awesome BS and here go click and buy this thing and then a little bit of content. You don't have time for that. You've got to get right in there and do what needs to be done. So going back to the page count, you know, my favorite story is the one (laughs) I I had a peer in the business world and he wrote this book and like everybody's going crazy over it because the title was amazing. It was like, you know, the last book you'll ever need to buy is the greatest business secrets or something like that. So I'm like, oh crap, you know, I need it. So I ordered the book and I get the book and it was one sentence on one page and on it, it said, stop buying shit offline and go build your business. And then it was like journal pages. <laughs> it's just like a, an emo- emoticon of like a mic dropping. You know, mic drop. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, okay. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. 
like you know that though that was the truth it wasn't 240,000 words <laughs> it wasn't 150 pages it was the truth now did some people get mad of course they did but the reality is his message was his message well and right? they're mad because it's a call out and people don't really like to have the exactly held up, right I didn't want to pay for you to trigger me like <laughs> who wants that but yeah, going back to, you know, everyone thinks, oh, you got to have 40,000 words. If you can do it in 20,000, you'll have a stronger relationship with your reader. Yeah. And you'll be able to get it done faster. You'll be able to help people faster. Right. They're going to be able to consume way more of you because right. they're right to the good stuff. And then right. they'll have future books to write because you're not busy in this bullshit story about how hard it is to write a big long book. And they can trust you. Right. They have the bait and switch in the book world is it it's real. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have people that say, I'm gonna give you the five steps to blah blah blah. And you buy it, buy this book and it's three steps, and then they tell you to get the other two, you gotta do this thing. And you feel cheated. Mm -hmm. You feel slighted, you feel like you went on a blind date and then you were told you were going Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, never going out with you again, you know. <laughs> and so that's how people have translated marketing and business into books. And that's not effective. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am against that. Yeah. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm against <laughs> that. <laughs> that's not how you should do it. How, if you tell people you're going to give them something, give it to them. Here's something for someone, write it down. I'll pause while you get a pen and a piece of paper. Okay. You can never give it all away. No, that no. is a myth. That is a myth that you can give it all away. There's no such thing as giving it all away. If you could give it all away, then there's some substance missing. Mm -hmm. I have, if you check any social media platform, blogs, all of that, I have articles out there where I give a step-by-step, -step, a play-by-play -play of my process. I give it to you because I'm still the secret sauce. I still have a superpower that I can't translate into a how-to document. It's just who I am and how I'm designed. And on For that subject, you taught a really brilliant pre-book pre masterclass um, in my Facebook group, The Tribepreneur Collective. And as a follow-up to this episode, I'm going to actually pop it onto, um, onto YouTube. So you can find my YouTube channel under my name, Serena Myers. So it's not under the podcast, it's under my name. Okay. And I will make sure that Tessa's masterclass is uploaded there because she does give really valuable information for free and she does it with zero fear or lack um, because she knows it's going to come back. Yeah. She, you, like you said, you are the secret sauce. I am. And, and for those people who can read it and be like, okay, I got it. Great. Great. One less obstacle for you. Mm -hmm. I don't feel in any way. I don't have that again, a myth of losing business because I give too much. Like that's dumb. Like, <laughs> I know that probably sounds really bad. Like, no, that's not an energy that I foster. Mm -hmm. That's lack. Yeah, that is lack. Exactly. And like, I enjoy teaching. Like if I could teach all day, every day, I probably would. I enjoy it because any question, anything I get to use my superpower, I get to, to, uh, eliminate those myths that we have made fact when they're really not. And so when you go into writing a book like that, like I'm going to cry, bleed, you know, lay, sleep on the page, then that's an amazing book. 
if I can write a book and you walk away from it feeling like I'm speaking just to you and you're crying, winning, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have pulled back the layers and we're doing the real work. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, before we go, I want to talk about the self-care element of writing the book. So mm-hmm. there's the part of it, like just being able to sustain it and to be able to keep that first, that that person who's going to read it, that former version of you in mind to be able to get it done. But what about the recovery once it's out in the world and the vulnerability hangover, as Brene Brown likes to call it, mm-hmm. what do you do about that? So when it comes to that, the key is to remember, no, not remember first, make sure that you rewarded yourself, mm. right? You have accomplished something that people, we've talked about this, only dream of. Some people journal about it, but they never do the writing. Reward yourself. Earmark your moment with celebration versus anxiety, right? When we think about books, and again, going back to those myths, we think about people waiting for the numbers to come in, and, you know, that's anxiety. We think, and it's also ego. So reward yourself. Set a new measure for your accomplishment versus did I make Amazon? Did I make, you know, whatever bestseller list? Did I just celebrate? Period. Now, the next step is then to remember why you did this Mm. because that keeps your ego in check. Because guess what? You're going to get some reviews. You're going to get some people that message you and say, this is amazing. Right. And you can get a little jaded (laughs) like I am awesome which you are but that's not why you did it you didn't write this book because you're awesome you wrote this book because you had some awesome failures (laughs) that you survived and you wanted to help someone navigate that path right so you go reward remember and then there's residue you're gonna have some things that come up as people start sharing what your story did for them, you're going to have some things that come up. It'll be residue of deeply rooted things like, who am I to even do this? Because why am I saying that? You're going to feel like, well, my life isn't perfect. How dare I write that book? Nobody said your life was perfect. What you said was, I survived to this moment. Let me show you how I did it. Mm -hmm. Right? So reward. And then of course... (laughs) You have to get through all of I'm laughing because this is my life. So you deal with the residue and you reject anything that doesn't serve you. Yes. Right. You reject it. You just say, no, mm-mm, not on my watch. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to feel bad because I wrote this book. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm on a, another journey now. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm growing. That's a part of life. Mm-hmm. Right. There is something about um, exposing your heart to the world mm-hmm. that really is an invitation for wholehearted love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to do that, to be able to step into that type of courage, says so much about um, not just the work that you do, that you do, but who you are on the journey. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. It really is. I love it. And, you know, the thing to remember is just because you write a book doesn't mean that you are now um, this omnipotent, never going to have a challenge type person. Mm -hmm. 
people think that writing a book means that for the rest of my life, I have it all together. Um, your next book may be, you know, of everything that happened after that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a tour guide. You're taking people on a journey. You're helping them to navigate the pitfalls, the, you know, watch out, you twist your ankle right there. You're doing that. And so as you're growing, you're pulling, growing, pulling people forward. And if you honor that, the process is something that you can do repeatedly and you'll learn to love yourself in a whole other way. Yes. We're all about that here. The <laughs> Loving yourself. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tessa, I am so, so grateful for you taking the time for sharing your wisdom and your heart. You are just an absolute brilliant example of what is possible in the world. Um, and I just so appreciate you. Don't make me cry because I will. This but is every time we talk. She said that. <laughs> I will cry. Thanks a lot. No, but I'm really excited to be here. I'm glad I'm honored because like I said, my goal is to help people create movements, not just write books, but create movements. Imagine if we were all pouring our hearts out into books to help others, how, how different things would be. Mm-hmm. How more honest things right. would be. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. So again, you guys, I am going to upload Tessa's masterclass to my YouTube channel. So look up Serena Myers. You will find it there. And as always, these beautiful conversations continue in our Facebook community with the same name, The Lightwalker's Path. And I would absolutely love to see you there. And so that is our episode for this week. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care.